For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good football Friday, Eagles fans. Appreciate you streaming in with us as we end OTAs. Now the long wait begins before they actually report to camp. But we'll be here for you every day like we are today. And we are Mac and Mac, Jordan McDonald and John McMullen. Who did you sardine in next to yesterday in the bubble, Johnny Mac? Well, a lot of different uh, people. Um Probably uh, the best ranging uh, from uh, Breland, Breland Moore to the worst, uh, Bob Groats, probably. <laughs> when in doubt, take a Groat shot. That's always always a yeah, smart move on your part. Uh, so, yeah, you find out yesterday that the Eagles are going to practice, but they're going to practice in the bubble because air quality isn't what it's supposed to be because of the wildfires from Canada. Uh 89 guys in that. Well, no, not really, because they had a bunch of veterans that didn't show up. So 80 guys somewhere thereabouts uh, squeezing into the bubble. They accomplished anything yesterday during that short period of time you were allowed to watch? Yeah, man. 55 minutes, baby. Uh, most of it individual work, fundamentals. And that's the more important part than they finished up with some seven on sevens. But, you know, that's what we got. Uh, 55 and 45. So. Quick math says that's a hundred minutes of what we got to see uh, of this sort of first incarnation 
of the Philadelphia Eagles in 2023. And hey, it's not a lot, uh, but it is what it is. And um, yesterday, a lot of guys were not there. Uh, and most of the sort of like the maintenance days back in last year during practice, I mean, oh, yeah. any star. Uh, was probably not uh, doing anything yesterday with the exception of Jalen Hurts and okay. Devontae The pretty important guy did actually practice uh, under center, or I don't even you know what they run under center, or everything out of this shotgun snap. But uh, yeah, uh, that quarterback guy, takes, he yeah, doesn't take well, days off. Quarterbacks are different. Uh, you know, they are. They get paid what they get paid. You know, more quarterbacks are like Jalen Hurts than they are. Aaron Rodgers, who, you know, for years didn't show up in Green Bay, but he's showing up with the Jets, your Jets, because it's his first year there. I'll probably be the last time you see that. Uh, but quarterback's a little bit different. But everybody else, the Kelseys, the Coxes, the Grams, the Lanes, the um, Hassan Reddick, Joshua, Brandon Graham, if I mentioned James Bradbury, Darius Slay, none of them participated Um and, and the, 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 those guys don't need that work. So it's not that big of a deal. It isn't because it's been an ongoing trend for a couple of years now that the veteran guys just don't take part. They are given downtime. And uh, we kind of talked about this yesterday on the show about how you handle it, putting the toothpaste back into the tube. If they decide, yeah, we need to practice more. And there were guys that were going to be given downtime just because that's where the Eagles do things. There wasn't any rumblings or grumblings from any of the young guys. Yeah, how come we're out here? How come we're sardined into the bump? That wasn't a uh, problem or an issue, was it? No, no. I, I, You know, it's very, it kind of takes care of itself because I always joke, you know, the nature of voluntary work. Well, it's voluntary for some people. It's not voluntary for others. And it kind of takes, it really does. It takes care of itself because, you know, e either if you're that unaware to think that you, you've got the same cachet as Jason Kelsey as a first or second year player and that, oh, Jason Kelsey isn't here. I I shouldn't have to do this. I mean, you're mm. not you're not mm. gonna make it. Uh bottom line. So I think I think uh, a lot of that kind of as I said takes care of itself. Uh, if you're you know a bubble player, so to speak, it's not voluntary. I mean you gotta be there and you gotta you got to try to open up the coach's eyes and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it might not be fair, but you know, Jimmy Johnson had a great, great quote about that back in the day. He said when he was coach of the Cowboys with all those star players said, I'll treat you all fairly, but I'm not going to treat you all equally. And I, uh, you know, you got to defer to the Emmett Smiths and the Michael Irvins and the, and the Troy Aikmans of the world. So that's just realistic is is what that is standard operating procedure around the nfl understood and agreed all right uh so knew ahead of time after the lengthy arduous 55 minute practice uh that you were going to get a chance to talk to some of the philadelphia eagles uh, unlike previous in this offseason uh you knew well ahead of time who was coming your way that would be that coach and the quarterback um let let's start with jalen I'd like to say he's well rehearsed, that uh, he knows what's coming and he knows what his answers are going to be. But I don't even believe that. 
I believe he's just being himself when he gets with you guys. This guy is is just uh, a coach's dream because he answers everything correctly. He doesn't say anything foolish. He doesn't expand and get himself to any trouble. No, he gives you an acceptable answer, not a wide-ranging answer, but an acceptable answer. And it's exactly what he should be saying. Uh, this guy is just too good to be true if you're in uh, Howie Roseman, Jeff Laurie, watch him back after he has his session. You go, damn, that's why we paid him a quarter of a billion dollars. <laughs> he does nothing but put the organization in a good light. Yeah, he does. I mean, he's always on point. It's pretty impressive. That's why we always talk about his maturity uh, in the fact. And, you know, Boston Scott was talking about it earlier this week and, you know, made a funny little line. Like sometimes he's got to remind himself that Jalen's uh, 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 <laughs> that he's he older is. than Jalen because, yeah. you know, I mean, he is so mature and you, you rarely see that with, with people that young. And I think it does come back to, and I was asking him about, you know, Nick had mentioned how coachable he was and he doesn't mind hard coaching, uh, tough coaching, whatever you want to call it. I think it goes back to the fact that he was a, a coach's kid and he's used to it. You know, some people aren't used to it and they don't want to hear the negative and, you know, they, they don't want to be coached up and and they, they want to be told they're great. And um, he's not like that. And, you know, $255 million or, or $2 million like last year, he wants to be told, what he needs to work on and and that's rare that that is rare um and it a, a lot of coaches kids have that um because they they've grown up with it and they're used to it and other people aren't because if you're in the nfl jody you're good and you've been good throughout your life yep. you were great in high school uh, to play college football, the, the the percentage of kids that play high school football and go play college football is minuscule, and then it becomes even more minuscule. So, your the entire your entire life growing up, you're pretty much a star uh, if you're even on the NFL's radar. And then all of a sudden, you get to the NFL and you got these guys riding your you know what, and some guys don't take that well. Um, and and Jalen's Jalen's a star who acts like, you know, he's the kid who doesn't have a scholarship right. because he's used to it from his father. And that and Nick really appreciates it because he he constantly talks about it. Um so you don't have to worry about like he threw uh interceptions in two out of three plays. So, you know, the fans were up and roars. Like, why why are you reporting that? Well, we're reporting that because we're in the practice, and that's what happened. It's a factual statement. Now, they'll go back and watch that film, and, and, and Nick will be able to say, all right, this is what, this is the issue. This is, you know, we got to improve on that. And, and Jalen, you know, not a blip, not a blip on the radar. So um, it, it's, it's really impressive to see. And I've been talking about this from day one. I always say, it was opposite, Jody. It's like a 180. Typically, we talk about, you know, if, 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 you know, a top 10 pick. So if you look at this year and all the guys, you know, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, whoever you like, Anthony Richardson, even Will Levis, 
they all have the talent to play in the NFL. But you're always worried about the intangibles. You know, do they have the 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 acumen to do it? Do you have the the work ethic to do it? Do you need to do are you going to do everything to become a star at the position in the NFL level? It was like the opposite with Jalen. We didn't even worry about the intangibles. We're like, all right, does he have the skill set to perform at the high level? Turns out he does. Um, it's kind of weird. It's kind of the opposite of what it usually is. And uh, my favorite quote from Jalen yesterday was in talking about trying to get better, trying to improve every day. We've heard it before, but you take it hard every time he says it. He never used this line yesterday. And as far as my weaknesses go, yeah, I'll keep that to myself. Yeah. I don't yeah. funny line. Uh, yeah, you have to love the mindset of the quarter-billion-dollar contract the Eagles have. All right, Nick Sirianni also got a chance to talk to you guys yesterday. He was his usual Nick self. But I thought he went out of his way to sing the praises of one player. And it's a guy we've talked about. Yeah, it's your person, guy. He's talking about you. He's talking to you, Jody. He's talking well, to you. All right, Nick, if you got to talk directly to me, I hear you. Yeah, you don't change my opinion a little bit. I don't care how hard Quentin Watkins is working. He's a less than average number three wide receiver in the league for me. I'd like to see the Eagles improve on that position. I get it. Their one-two punch is as good, arguably the best in all of football. So how important is your third wide receiver? Not a lot until number one or number two go down. And last year, guess what? Number one and number two never went down. And if you're an Eagle fan, you're hoping this year, number one and number two never go down. And then that'll be great. And then you don't have to sweat Quez all that much. But God forbid, high ankle sprain to Devontae Smith or A.J. Brown week one in the season, or more importantly, like week six in the season, when they're starting to hit that gauntlet of very good teams in the middle of the year, yeah, I'm going to worry about it. I'm, I'm glad to hear from Coach Sirianni that uh, Quez has got the good attitude going. I'm here to prove you idiots wrong. Me. Uh, fine. That's good. I'm glad to hear it, Quez. I'm glad you got your mind straight and you're ready to go. Yeah, it doesn't change my opinion a little bit that that's still a position that the Eagles, if they can, should be looking to upgrade. And Nick was specifically asked about DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, not that he'd give the uh, info away. He wouldn't say anything anyway, but uh, he did say, yeah, we're always looking at all play. And he moved on from pretty damn quickly, which means those of you who are clinging to the hope that DeAndre Hopkins is coming here, I'm telling you right now, it's not happening, is it, John? Uh, no. I, it, it, the only way it happens is, you know, so many things have to uh, fall into place for that to happen. One, you know, it's not that out of the realm of possibility like the eagles know it would be an upgrade so from that standpoint but now you have reports he's going to visit with tennessee now new england comes out this morning teams that are looking for a receiver for a bigger role they're going to give him more money but you know if all that stuff dries up and everyone says well you know what deandre hopkins has lost it now whatever um and they believe it and the money's not there and you know, which, what is the percentage of that? Yeah. 
one one percent <laughs> um somebody's gonna get not zero yes but one is the number um, i agree wholeheartedly with you john so uh you know if all doors are closed and then it comes down to well let me go ring shop get, let me go to the best potential situation to try to get a super bowl championship and even that you know you would have to from his perspective it's probably a better way to say all right let me go prove myself where i can have a bigger opportunity to play so I can get back on the market next year and prove that I'm still that guy. And then I get another big contract. So the, the window, the door or the window for it to happen here is really, really small. I mean, really small. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's not going to happen. And, and, you know, but can they improve? Look, and this is what's weird about, and this is why, Nick Sirianni's got to say things the way he says things. He's not in charge of the, of the roster. So if Howie Roseman is looking at it and saying, you know, Nick jumped on his sword for Quez Watkins yesterday, went through all that because he talked before practice. Then he had an opportunity to make a play in practice, perfect throw down the field, didn't get his head around in time, didn't track the ball. It was very Nelson Aguilar-like, was in position to make the play, didn't make the play. Right after the head coach just went out of his way to defend him, didn't make the play. Now it's one play in June. Who cares? I agree with that from a from a large perspective, but it's just an example. And by the way, Nelson, you know, I don't want to make that comparison because Nelson Aguilar had tremendous it was a first round pick had tremendous physical gifts uh was always open just couldn't catch the football consistently um quez isn't isn't in his league but it reminded me of nelson because it was down the field he didn't get his head around quickly enough couldn't track the football and it was a play to be made just like the super bowl and he didn't make the play can they get better at that position yes is it up to nick sirianni to find that better player no is howie roseman going to decide we have to get better at that position maybe but it's not going to be deandre hopkins a couple of things before we get in our first break and get a new contributor to the show uh jeff knox from inside the eagles.com is going to jump in with us number one quez is not in nelson aguilar's category no No. i just said that i'm saying i'm repeating it for emphasis then that tells you where Quez Watkins is overall. If he's not even in Nelson Aguilar's category, yeah, that's uh, not, not surprising. He didn't make the one big play he had to make yesterday. Number two, uh, where I will disagree with you on DeAndre Hopkins is you are right if he's certainly looking at a one-year deal, prove it. But, but he's not going to prove it here with the Eagles because he's going to be number three. Yeah. <laughs> that, that He's going to go somewhere else where the money is short, but in the same ballpark. He will emphasize, my opinion here, he will emphasize targets over ring possibility. I think he will go where, number one, he's going to go where the money is. Number two, he's going to go where they're going to throw him the ball. Number three, if he's got to get that far down the list, will be, well, while I'm at it, let me see if I can bring up a Super Bowl ring. That's how the Eagles come into this conversation. Otherwise, they're not in it. And number four, if Quez Watkins, you don't want to overemphasize what he did or didn't do on one play. Uh, the interceptions that Christian Ellis has been coming up with have certainly rocketed up the attention on him because he's made a couple of picks in these uh, uh, 
practices or workouts or whatever you want to call them, training exercises the Eagles have if they're not truly practices because they're not 11 on 11. Uh, sometimes one play can actually move the needle for a player a little bit like it seems it has for Christian Ellis. That's just one of the guys we'll talk about with our first and next guest. First time we've had him on the show. I've been reading him forever. Uh, Jeffrey Knox at InsideTheEagles.com joins us next here on Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first. <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, got fake a mama. Mama, go up, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Guys, here on Bird Street, 65 Football Friday, and vacation is right around the corner. But the Eagles did get some work in yesterday. Here to talk about it with his new contributor to the show. You should check out his website, InsideTheEagles.com. Jeffrey Knox joins us here on Bird Street, 65. G Knox, you ready for some vacation? 
I just got back off of one. I'm actually in Charlotte, North Carolina now and uh, doing a little bit of work here. And um, this centralizes me so I can do some high school stuff and some South Carolina Gamecock stuff. But I'm ready. And I appreciate the invite back. This is actually my second time on with you guys. So okay. I appreciate my you guys having me back. Uh, yeah, we, it all runs together. We're getting old, Jeffrey. So we <laughs> I am too. Together. I am too. <laughs> um, uh, say hello to Tommy Lawler if you're down there in Carolina, if you see Tommy, who's okay. <laughs> also okay. uh, a part of the show. But um, I guess as we head into the lull, the one sort of lull on the calendar for the Eagles, what are your takeaways from what you've seen, what you've heard about the spring, where they are? What are you most concerned about? Changes on the coaching staff, changes on the defensive side of the football? Or are you rock solid with this team? Where are you, uh, uh, Jeffrey? I'm excited. Um, I was one of those guys that we talked about all last season and last offseason when guys were complaining too much about what wasn't happening and what was taking them so long to do this or that. Um, my intent was to try to bring as much steam as possible to the idea that I didn't think Howie Roseman was being as aggressive as he probably should have been during the offseason. It all worked out. I was one of those guys that said that the only way you get better at playing football is by playing football. So a lot of the vacation time and a lot of the time they're spending um, resting guys and things of that nature and canceling mandatory mini camps was something that I wasn't really a fan of. But again, it all worked out. And who would have thought uh, this team knew their team a lot better than I did? <laughs> Coming into it this year, I've tried to be less aggressive in my stance on that. Um, Six OTA practices is still um, too few, in my opinion, because I'm one of those guys that actually believe heading into the Detroit game that had Detroit given a little bit better effort or had that been a better team, that may have been an on-one start. And it was for a lot of the reasons that we talked about. Um, with Detroit being on the Hard Knock show for HBO, um, we got to see them and we were watching physical practices, knowing what they were doing as opposed to what we were doing. Um, I'm old school, so I was always taught that it, the guys who play to avoid injury are normally the guys that get hurt first. So I was a little bit more of a fan of what Detroit was doing on their end and what we were, but um, you know, revisionist history is what it is. Eagles had one no start. They ended up with the best start in history yeah. and the actual best record in history. And into this year, I'm actually a little bit more excited. Um, I'm trying not to, to, to let people talk me into those old school cliches of, Whenever we expect something from them, it doesn't happen. And when we're not really expecting a whole lot, it does. But I'm thinking this could be a really good team, um, partially because of the fact that the NFC is so down. Um, I don't really see a threat from Detroit. When we're talking about Detroit, it's possibly one of these teams that, you know, we have to worry about. Yeah. Uh, somebody's <laughs> got to win that division. Um, yeah. Yeah. And they and look like the be best Detroit. team. Yeah. They actually be Detroit. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, not really concerned about the four teams in the South. I tell you who does kind of have my attention is the Seattle Seahawks. I actually believe that they'll actually be a little bit better than San Francisco is this year. Ooh, um, and you know the trouble time. that we've had with with Seattle over the, over the history. So now I agree. I think hmm. Seattle's a really good team, really emerging team. I think they have a chance to be in it. We, we Jody and I were talking about those top three teams. I think the top three are the Eagles, uh, Niners, Cowboys, and then you start thinking about Detroit and Seattle. I think they're in that cusp of being that four team. And you're right, compared to the AFC, that's that's nice. That's a nice sort of landscape um, that the Eagles, because they're the favorites, and they should be the favorites. Um, 
San Francisco. Now, Jody and I will disagree on this, Jeffrey. Uh, I think San Francisco is a great team. Jody sold on the quarterback. I'm not sold on the quarterback. And until I get sold on the quarterback, whomever it is, I think the Eagles have the advantage over the, over the 49ers. I think uh, you're right in that. And I also think that two years down the road, we're going to be talking about Trey Lance as a disappointment as opposed to a success story. A lot of people already are about taking that disappointment road. Right. Right. Brock Purdy, um, not necessarily sold on Brock Purdy. I think he, uh, he was given the keys to a Mercedes and told just not to crash the car. So um, you have that to think about. And they just signed Sam Donald too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Not really impressed there. I actually do believe that Seattle comes out of that division and things of that nature. And I actually think that's who we wind up with in the um, NFC championship game. That's my bold prediction. But um, to to answer your question, because I think I rambled a little bit there. I, I, I believe that this is an exciting team. Um, the areas where we have concerns, I would say wide receiver, obviously, cornerback, obviously. You got AJ Brown, you got Devontae Smith, then you have a severe drop off to Quez Watkins and um, Zacchaeus OZ, as they call them. And then once you get past OZ and uh, Quez, you have another severe drop off to the other guys. Um, not really a Britain Covey fan. I got tired of watching him get treated like a tra- crash test dummy on every punt return after. Um, Devin Allen's not here. And um, I watched a lot of Clemson ball being, you know, charged with doing a lot of SEC and ACC stuff. I didn't think Joseph Nagata was a uh, NFL wide receiver then. So um, as you mentioned earlier, John, I was listening to you guys before I came on. Um, Don't see the DeAndre Hopkins thing happening, but wide receiver, definitely a concern. And um, I wouldn't necessarily say cornerback as a concern for me. But I am interested to see how that battle turns out. Because if we're walking into a 53-man roster with six guys, which is typically the average, we already know that, you know, we got Darius Slade, James Bradbury, Avante Maddox making the team. Um, does Greedy Williams make the team? Is um, Zach McPherson on this team? So it's going to be interesting to watch that play out. Um, satisfied with what they've done at um, running back. Um, the offensive line is elite, as you all know. Um, I think they're deep enough at edge and obviously a defensive tackle. And um, maybe looking at a situation where Marlon Tuli Pelosi isn't on this team because I really like Moro Ajomo, Ajomu, whatever. But Ajomo, um, yeah. Ajomo. So really excited about that, and we'll see it safety. I like the boldness of your Seattle pick. I don't think you're going to get right, but I like the boldness <laughs> of it at least because, yeah, I'm, I'm a Purdy guy. Yeah, I think. Okay. You're just two of many who are underselling what Purdy actually accomplished last year. And we'll see if he makes it out there for the start of this upcoming season. All right, back to the verge. Nick Sirianni yesterday had his final session before camp gets underway. We're, it's so much has happened in the last two years. It doesn't seem like this is Nick Sirianni's third year. It seems like his fifth or eighth or somewhere thereabouts. But he came in in his first year, opening camp had to win over the players, had to put his less-than-stellar introductory press conference behind him. By the way, that that sticks with him. He brought it up again. He did. He always brings up that press conference. Yeah, I was asking him about – He does not have a short memory. (laughs) No. He he, Same thing with the quiz stuff. I'm always amused by Nick. I'll say something like, I haven't heard it, but then I'll talk about it. He hears everything. Um, Yeah, and he – that that opening press conference and how the fans took that and some of the media took that 
Jody and I were saying, let's give the guy a chance. We right. both said it. I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, but, you know, some people really went down the route of this guy's not prepared. He really, he's got a chip on his shoulder. He never stops talking about that. And he well, still uses why, it. That's why I brought up Quez yesterday. Yeah. He's trying to relate to a chip on the shoulder because oh, Quez is hearing that everybody thinks he stinks. Not everybody, yeah. but some of us. He definitely just listens not quite to everything that everybody is saying. Um, and I'm fine with that. Stick up for you guys, things of that nature. I, um, he could probably be a less attentive to what the media is saying, things of that nature. Um, but kind of to your point, John, it was also interesting to me that he sat there and said, well, Quez has never said this, but, you know, you guys think I suck. <laughs> 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 he got it from somewhere. But yeah. um, when, it, when it translates into, I think the one time I had an issue with it was the Chicago game. And that's when we really started getting into that. Is Jalen Hurst the MVP or not? And then we decide we're actually going to use the Chicago game possibly as a showcase to try to win it right there in that week. Um, and Jalen ends up getting hurt, things of that nature. So to me, I kind of looked like they kind of went away from what it was that they probably should have been doing or what had been working to that point of the season. And we were probably trying to feature Jalen a little too much to possibly win the MVP right here in this particular week. Um mm. Never thought of it that way. Uh, let, let me finish the question I was going to ask you, though, Jeff. Okay. Year one, it uh, comes in over the uh, opening press conference, new coach, never coached before, veteran team, bunch of – did a pretty nice job to get him above 500 into the playoffs. Not many people had him in the playoffs. Right. Now he's a defending NFC champion coach going into year number three. A lot of – they've changed. A lot is different than it was just two years ago. Is he equipped? Is he ready? Is he the guy to handle this situation for the Eagles coming into this year as a guy who just two years into his coaching career has got to be the guy with the target on his back? Yeah, I think so. Um, that class that he um, came in as a part of that head coaching class, uh, Robert Sala, um, Brandon Staley, I'd rank him ahead of those guys. Oh, yeah. Um and I think he was at, and at, I don't think he was actually the only person of that 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 hiring class that actually made the playoffs. Now we're talking about a guy who's made the playoffs twice and is um the def is leading the defending NFC champions. Um, Nick's ready. I uh I like his I like his passion. I like his uh his attention to detail. I like the fact that he goes holds his guys accountable and things of that nature. Once I saw him yelling at Jalen Hurts after a fumble, which uh. As much as I love Doug, never really saw from Doug a whole lot. Once I saw him yelling at Jalen Hurts after a fumble and Jalen responded to it positively and everything, it's like he's he's there to pat the guys on the back when they need it, but he's also there to kick, give them the kick in the tail when they need that as well too. So um, having that balance and, um, again, that attention to detail, I think is what makes him special. And the experience, there's nothing like the experience of getting to a Super Bowl. So – being that he's been through that one time already, he can actually get back to that. He actually knows how to navigate those waters again um, a second time if he's able to do that. Yeah, we were just talking about Jalen's ability to handle that uh, tough and hard coaching. You know, they're both sort of coaches' sons, uh, not sort of. They both are, yep. Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts. Um, and I think they both have that mindset that's kind of uh, underappreciated, the fact that, they understand they have that same upbringing. Um, the fact that uh, people were tough on them when they were young and they're used to it now. And I, I mentioned there's not a lot of, you don't see a lot of coaches in this league doing what you said, Jeffrey, and, 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 you know, 
dressing down the starting quarterback coming off the field. Off the and by the way, this is a guy who doesn't turn the football over. Chandler right. Harris protects right. the football very well. Everybody's going to bring up the Super Bowl. It's one play. I get it. It's a big play, but overall, he takes care of the football very well, and he still takes to it. You know, I, I made a mistake. I got to get better. This is a weakness. It's it's pretty amazing to see, especially from a a twenty four year old. It's um, rare to say the least. Yeah, and um, when we came on, you were talking about getting old and um, <laughs> things kind of running together. It's kind of like that with me too. Like the more I write things down and take notes and everything, the more I have to refer to them, and I can't seem <laughs> to commit them to memory. But what I do remember is a lot of Jalenisms, which is what I call them. <laughs> oh yeah. And he said, and I remember when he actually came off the field, and I remember his post-game interview when he actually stated that I'm a coach's son. So if you've ever been a coach's son or no one, you know that I have been coached. And um, he welcomes that. Um, I think it was the shutdown game, as we call it, versus the Washington Commanders and everything at the end of that, um, that four-game run to begin his uh, starting career. Um, every time I saw him come off the field, I saw him, you know, walk over to the coaches. What are you guys seeing? Things of that nature. Uh, listening to his press conference yesterday, not only just um, paying attention to what it is he's doing, but walking over to Darius Slay, asking Darius Slay, um, well, what are you guys seeing? Um, why are you guys playing me in this particular fashion on this particular instance and things of that nature? So those are the things I think that make Jalen special. Um, turns 25 in August, I believe it is, August 7th. Most mature 25-year-old I think I have ever seen. And, and I had a stench of that when I was 25. I just think about the levels I could have reached now, but um, I'm really excited about him and glad he's my quarterback. Wish I could have played with him. He is a sponge. We can all agree on that. I'll use an overused sports phrase for my next question, Jeff. Plug and play. That's a phrase that gets tossed around a lot. means a guy uh, in whatever role you're talking about, uh, you acquire him, you put him in, he is now ready to go as good as the person who was in that position before. Did the Eagles have two plug-and-play new coordinators? They lost both their offensive coordinator and their defense coordinator this offseason, Gannon to Arizona and Shane to uh, Indianapolis. Uh, they elevated Brian Johnson from their own coaching staff and brought Sean Desai in. We know there'll be changes. We know things will be slightly different, but are they both plug and play? Are they ready to go week one? Will Sirianni handle them similarly, exactly the same? Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I got to be watching over there. And new guys, I got to get my fingerprints all over the new offense and defense. How do you think the two new uh, coordinators play as far as plug and playability. They'll be fine. And um, I shamefully admit this upon the hire of Sean Desai. I had no idea who Sean Desai was other than his name. <laughs> I'd heard about a couple of his stops and I'd, and I'd seen his name before, but not really paying attention to what the Chicago bears have been doing other than Justin Fields and things of that nature. So um, I actually took the time to actually go back and study some of the things that he did. Um, Sean Desai is somebody I think I'm starting to fall in love with. And let me first say that, Though I can never seem to convince anybody of this, I don't think Jonathan Gannon was as bad as everybody says he no, was. No, that that makes three of us. We, we've been more Gannon defenders than detractors, John and myself. 
Right. But um, our lasting memory of Jonathan Gannon will be the Super Bowl and things of that nature. And you're never going to talk people into this and things. But um, 70 sacks is hard to duplicate. <laughs> Number one against the pass is going to be yeah, so hard yeah. to duplicate again this year. Imagine, yeah. Uh, imagine if you had a mediocre coordinator, you could have had 90 sacks and then I don't think you can get higher than number one, but I guess you could be better than farther away from number two, I guess. So, right. And yeah. second most sacks all time that yeah. as well. So, I, um, my concern is, and I've said this, uh, to Jody a bunch, I'll, I'll ask you, Jeffrey, is that the expectations, I mean, it, like, you're right. I mean, unfairly, fairly, unfairly, whatever. Uh, people have their thoughts about Jonathan Gannon. And as you mentioned, 70 sacks is probably not going to happen again. Number one pass defense, probably not going to happen again. Especially when you're talking about integrating all these new starters. Um, number two overall defense, probably not going to happen again. And if that wasn't good enough, what is Ford to Sean Desai going to hear when, you know, they have 45 sacks and less interceptions and they're number 12 in the league in defense, which is still really good. But what, how is that going to play out? Good question. That was actually um, a point that I was thinking about earlier. I mean, um, with the Jonathan Gannon comparison, things of that nature, um, anything that, Sean decide does is probably going to be statistically a step backwards and that will be brought up in things. Um, is he in a no win situation? I don't think so, but this is an Eagles crowd. Um, I'm part of it. I grew up with buddy Ryan and Randall Cunningham and things of that nature. So we love the blitz. We love attacking styles of defenses. We love the 46. We love Jim Johnson. <laughs> we love those things. Anything that doesn't look like that to us is not football. <laughs> So by by the way, guys, I I it, I thought it was great. Uh, he's Sean Desai has used the term palpable. He wants uh, his defense to be palpable, and I think uh, I think it was Jimmy Jimmy Kemp. He asked him, might have been somebody else. I apologize, but they asked him uh, what he thinks of that palpable. And Nick's like, well, first you got to tell me what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I once asked Doug Peterson about the butterfly effect, and Doug looked at me like I had seven heads. I had no idea what it means. These guys are so focused on, on football. Uh, he's like, what the hell is he talking about, palpable? But I thought that was a funny little moment uh, from from Nick Sirianni. But the, the beauty, I bring it back to Sean, uh, it, it is he understands what you're talking about. Like he understand, I think Jonathan Gannon didn't understand that part of it. Like, you have to say the right things to Eagles fans. You have to talk about aggression, and I want them to feel us when we're out there. I'm not going to blitz, but you're not going to notice that when I talk about, you know, hitting people hard, aggression, always attacking. I'm going to have the same scheme, but hopefully you don't notice if I throw out that lip service. I think that's an important part of it. I really do. I think he's a very savvy guy, Sean Desai. I'm impressed by that. I am too. Um, it really enjoyed his first press conference and, and so enjoyed um, that as well. Enjoyed his statement. Um, you go and see, I think he said, fill us through the television screen, something of that nature. That resonated with me and everything is just like you're saying, John. It's uh, one of those things that you actually have to say to this Eagles contingent. And I felt that 
in some capacity. I was following some of you guys' tweets, and I'm not exactly sure who posted it, but I was seeing a clip of Nolan Smith, who doesn't look small to me, by the way. <laughs> um, all these talks and these discussions about him being small, but I'm seeing Nolan Smith, and I'm seeing him walking, running through, running through everything with just this this violence and intensity and everything and it's, it's just i'm hearing pads and things of that nature nobody has pads on <laughs> so i was very excited about that and then um so i believe sean decide will be successful um statistically there will be some step backwards and things of that nature and that will be something for people to complain about as well mark my words but um why are we no longer the, the 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 first against the pass and why don't we have 70 sacks and things of that nature which again is tough to duplicate but um, I think he'll be fine. And I'm really excited about Brian Johnson, his knowledge of Jalen Hurts. Brian Johnson was with Jalen Hurts' family before Jalen Hurts was with Jalen Hurts. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that alone shows that there's a connection there. Um, their relationship that I've seen, you know, you know, secondhand looking at it and things of that nature gets me excited. Um, and I know a collegiate resume doesn't necessarily always equate to what we'll see in the NFL and things of that nature, but just his resume, 450 yards per game, I believe, at Houston at the time when he was their offensive coordinator. Um, the most prolific passing attack during his tenure at Florida and top 10 finishes, I think, in total offense and um, total yeah. Yards per game, he was a I great quarterback himself in college at Utah. Uh, uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was Sugar on Bowl the cover. TV, I believe he was. Uh, yeah, he was on the cover of the video game, the uh, college video game. He was so uh, explosive as a quarterback. So, um, you know, Nick was talking about that as well, and he said, you know, he's not worried about the offense. It's it's his offense, um, and we'll see how it shakes out. I I do think it's under, and I. Jody knows I I had tremendous respect for Shane Steichen as a play caller. I just thought he had a great feel for it. Like I thought Shane, Shane was a better play caller than Nick. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and I don't think nothing. We got to see it. Maybe Brian's even better, but I do think that's something we have to wait and see if he's got that same kind of feel as Shane Steichen had. All right, let me toss in a couple of things. Number one. For those who would continue to point that Jonathan Gannon is the problem uh, of all the things here in Philadelphia as far as football, they easily look past statistics to come to that conclusion so they won't have any problem defending Sean Desai, despite the fact that the statistics might not be as good as they were. They don't look at the stats. They have their own comprehension of what makes a good defense by aggression. So I, I think this eye will be perfectly fine. The, the defenders, the Jonathan Gannon haters will immediately get on the Sean Desai bandwagon. Here's a guy I want to ask you about, Jeff. The coach went out of his way yesterday to sing the praises of uh, Quez Watkins. Um, I've suggested that the Eagles still need an upgrade at the third wide receiver position. I guess I'm one of those guys who's telling Quez Watkins he stinks, according to Nick Sirianni. Um, I'll give you two statements. Tell me which one is closer. What the hell are you worried about? Quez Watkins is perfectly fine as the number three wide receiver. Shut up. Or it's not that way. Yeah, yeah, they, they do need to continue to look to upgrade third wide receiver. No matter what the coach says, they just in case, safety net, you got two superstars in front of them. You don't want the drop-off to be that drastic. Howie, keep checking that way, boy. Keep talking to those teams. Get us a better wide receiver. Which one is closer to reality? 
Second statement, and um, I'm going to go kind of piggyback off something you guys said before I came on, things of that nature. What happens if AJ goes down? What happens if Devontae goes down, things of that nature? Because I think by nature, I think Quez is probably better suited to play outside and things of that nature. But um, I wonder if he's in his own head to some degree, um, if the mistakes sometimes are bothering him more so often. I think I was watching something on NFL films and it was after the commander's game where he had the, the long catch and then the fumble um, that a lot of people remember. He also had the touchdown reception to narrow the, the margin from, I think 10 points to three in Indianapolis a week later. First thing he did was to get on the sideline. He's like, can you guys forgive me now? I made a play. Things of that nature and stuff. You got to, I think you kind of have to have a shorter memory than that. Maybe that's a little Nick Sirianni in them. Maybe some of the team being a reflection of their head coach. But um, clearly he's bothered by the struggles and things of that nature. Um, during locker room clean out day, I also heard the statements about, you know, him saying that he has to be better. Um, you can't tell the Quez Watkins story last season without talking about the bomb in week two um, from Jalen Hurts against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I still remember that Indianapolis Colts play. Maybe didn't catch it cleanly, but you also can't tell the Quez Watkins story without the fumble against the commanders. You can't tell the Quez Watkins story without the interception in Dallas that he probably should have fought a little bit harder for and may play a little defensive back. You also have to remember the Super Bowl appearance. So it's those things. It's being ready for the moment and being ready for your opportunity. We saw that with Reed Blankenship. Um, Quez yeah. Ronald yeah. Reed is a UDFA. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Forgive me if I'm wrong, but I believe Reed had a couple of snaps before the Green Bay game. And then as soon as uh, CJ goes down, he's ready. He steps in and becomes the only undrafted rookie in uh, NFL history to pick off Aaron Rodgers. Um, <laughs> if he's not ready for that moment, do we see Reed Blankenship again or do we see like um, <laughs> Anthony or somebody? Um, so it's about being ready for that moment. Quez isn't going to be the focal point of the offense with AJ out there and with these talented running backs and with Devontae and Dallas Goddard being the third option realistically in the offense uh, as far as the passing attack is concerned. But you got to be ready for those moments. And last year, more often than not, he wasn't. Nope. Um, and it sounds like um, from listening to you, John, and leaning on your expertise, right after Nick made his statement, he went out there and he dropped the pass in practice. So... <laughs> Yeah, it was tough. It was a tough look and after Nick went out of his way because he, right. he he did go out of his way to bring up Quez and sort of uh, defend Quez. Uh, but you're right about Reed. I mean, that's the thing about undrafted guys. If you get an opportunity, you better take advantage of that opportunity. Maybe a first-round, second-round pick, you keep getting chances, chances. But those guys... And that's where I want to end it uh, with you at GQ underscore or underscore Eva EVA. Make sure you follow uh, Jeffrey on Twitter, uh, editor inside the Eagles, IGGLES.com. Uh, make sure you follow the site as well. Christian Ellis, undrafted guy. You know, we only got a hundred minutes. I was telling Jody watching this team in the spring and Christian Ellis is out there making plays, man. And not only is he making plays, he had a pick six against Jalen hurts too. It wasn't, he intercepted Marcus Mariota in the first practice. So it's the backup quarterback this time. Nicholas Morrow wasn't practicing. He was out there with the first team 
He had an interception on the runner-up for the MVP that would have been a pick six. He's out there making plays at a position the Eagles need help at. Um, spring football, spring football. I think our buddy Mike Garofolo, Jody, said it. We don't play football in the spring, but they're playing a facsimile. And Christian Ellis is really impressive at it. Um, he did a great job on special teams when given his opportunity. Is he going to be relevant on this team uh, this season? He's got to be if he keeps doing this stuff. And again, it's what we're talking about opportunities. Um, he's his opportunity doesn't necessarily come in a regular season game on primetime versus the Green Bay Packers. His opportunity right now in this moment comes in special teams, which he's done well at. His opportunity comes in practice in the spring, as you're stating, and he's doing exactly what he needs to do to get himself on the radar. Um, show the coaches what it is that he has and things of that nature. I'll be honest with you. He's another one of those guys I had to go back and study. I don't watch a lot of Idaho Vandals football. I'm not watching the big sky conference on Saturday. <laughs> it's not, if it's, if they had played the sec, I probably wouldn't have watched the Idaho Vandals. on Saturday. You know, we were talking about coaches, son. He's another Luther. Uh, for those who don't know, Luther was a pro bowl player with the Detroit yeah. Lions for oh, many yeah. years. Uh, that's his father. His brother, Caden, is turning into a hell of a player with the Saints. Yeah. Uh, his other brother, uh, Noah, is with the Eagles. Is finally healthy. Tours Achilles at his pro day last year. So we'll see how he shakes out. I mean, there's something about these football families. And, and Luther was a heck of a player. Um, and he seems to he, he seems to know how to play. And it makes sense. He's got a high football IQ. He understands how to play. Sometimes I think that's half the battle. I really do. I really do. Yeah, uh, 106, 106 snaps on special teams last year, uh, 20 to 22 on defense last year, 11 total tackles, nine of them were solo. So <laughs> I think that says everything that we pretty, didn't know about. Pretty Chris damn good Williams. percentage yeah. of number of snaps. To yeah, we talked nine. about, as a matter of fact, I'm glad you brought that up, Jeffrey, because we talked about Nicobe Dean, who had like 34 snaps and I had whatever it was, 12 tackles. Christian Ellis had a higher percentage about his right. football IQ. So uh, very instinctive. And look, I don't want to overstate spring, and Jody knows I don't uh, yeah, for the see, most part. Seeing as you told me yesterday, it means nothing. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> well, I'm not paraphrasing say... here. I'm using quotes. John well, McMullen no, yesterday yeah, you're, here on Birds 365. Out. Spring means nothing. You're leaving out a little context. I said it means nothing for the veteran players. It means a lot for the younger players, and that's the 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 part Christian is involved in. Um, look, he's only got to beat out Nicholas Morrow. He doesn't have to beat out Ray Lewis. I that's think true. there's a chance that happens. I, I really do. But I don't and, want to overstate spring football. And the best players should play. We we don't always see that with the Eagles. We try to prove a point. We try to prove that we weren't wrong. <laughs> so we try to keep guys on the field because we drafted them in a certain position and things of that nature. But the best players should play. And if he is, I'm hearing his name more than I'm hearing Nicholas Morrow's. I know Nicholas wasn't in practice yesterday, but I'm hearing his name a lot more than Nicholas Morrow's. He's doing the most with his opportunities. And um, come training camp in the preseason, if – he has a better effort. He should be the guy on the field. Howie, uh, even though I'd like to see upgrade from Quez, more importantly, you need to upgrade your other linebacker position. Just my personal valuation of the Eagle talent right now. All right, last thing, uh, GQ. 
where can we read you in addition to Inside the Eagles? You just told me yesterday you're going to be doing some work for Pro Football Focus, hey? I keep beating fans side up the side of the head and everything because I want everything. I want it, I want it guarded and cocky. I want to start doing some college football work and things of that nature. So possibly on Saturday Blitz, if I can get Mike goes here long enough, and I'm putting here out on public. Thank you for allowing me to do that so he can see it here. But, um, yeah, and I'm also uh, – I got some logs in the fire that I'll be able to tell you guys about next time I come okay. on things of that nature, but in some training, do some things. So got some big things coming. Very nice. We appreciate you carving out a couple minutes for us today. We will certainly be having you back again. Uh, enjoy your time down in Carolina, bud. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on again. Thanks, Jeffrey Knox. Inside the Eagles, that's I-G-G-L-E-S dot com. All right, Mac and Mac coming back. It's an inside day. It was an inside day yesterday. Johnny uh, Mac had to huddle with all his uh, fellow uh, Eagle beat guys while they squeezed everybody into the bubble. Well, it's an inside day here on Birds 365. Jeffrey Knox from Inside the Eagles. We've also got Anthony DiCecco from Inside the Birds. Dot com. He's going to join us coming up in about 25 minutes here on Birds 365. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. 
The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. You got your Mac and Mac guys. He's John McCone. I'm Jerry McDonald here on Birds 365 Football Friday. And they have scattered into the wind. The Eagles after their final off-season workout, spring workout, OTA, call it what you want. Just don't call it a practice because they're not really practicing. They're going seven on seven at most. But they got a whole bunch of individual drills in and a lot of classroom training. According to Nicholas Morrow, more situational football than he'd ever heard in his life discussed in uh, this offseason being part of the Eagles offseason program. And good on the Eagles for that. They do put an emphasis on it. I do believe, despite a couple of breakdowns in the Super Bowl Part of the reason why they were 14 and three was they were as situationally ready as any team in the National Football League. Um, But they're all going their separate ways for five weeks, six weeks. Correct me if I'm wrong, John. They have not uh, stated yet, announced yet when the first day of training. Not official, but, you know, July 25th, 26th, somewhere around that range. Right. It'll be uh, heading into the last week of June, but don't know exactly where it's going to be, which is basically uh, five weeks for everybody to do what they want to do, do what they need to do. Um, Who's got Jalen Carter watch duty? Um, Well, you know, uh, on the record, nobody. Uh, You got to trust people, but uh, I'm sure, you know, they're going to keep in. A little bit of an extra eye on what's going on there. Um, you have to. Um, look, that's, you know, every NFL coach goes through the same thing in this lull. And they, you know, they 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 just hope that that number doesn't pop up on the phone uh, with the bad news. And not uh, only about Jalen Hurts, but, you know, 90 guys all across the league. Um Things happen. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And we're talking about young people. We're talking about maturity. Um, you know, Bill yeah, Parcells. Let me just jump in, and uh, I, I was going to let you go. You said Jalen Hurts. You meant Jalen Carter. 
because if there's one person who you don't have to worry about the maturity thereof, it's Jalen Hurts. No, I meant as a whole, uh, young people. I'm not talking about Jalen Hurts. Uh, Yeah, you don't have to worry about Jalen Hurts. No, not Um, even a little bit. Uh, 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 the whole you have to worry about most young people. Most, as as Jeffrey said, most people are like Jeffrey and me and you, or knuckleheads when they're younger and oh, you yeah. learn and you have some experience. Uh, the the Jalen Hurts is the luxury. Jalen Carter's just a normal kid. Um, got in some trouble, and I don't want to undersell it because it was serious uh, trouble. But he's not the first. Uh, young kid to do some knucklehead things uh, and he won't be the last. Uh, and that's why I said, you know, Bill Parcells had that great quote where he, that Bo, every time one of his guys, one of Bill Parcells' guys got a head coaching job, he had a list for them. Uh, and, and one bullet point on the list was, there are four or five things that happen every day in the NFL that you don't want to happen. And if you can't deal with that, you got to get another profession uh, because it might be a gambling suspension. It might be uh, as something as goopy as a wildfire in Canada and you got to ship things around something not as serious. Crap happens. And every NFL coach goes on this lull and they hope they don't get the phone call. And there's not much more you can do, Jody. You can't follow the guys around. Um, You just tell them, you reinforce it, and you cross your fingers. Understood. Um, And if we go through this five-week summer period and Jalen Carter comes back, and there have been no issues whatsoever, and no reports started. Nothing. What's if if people want me to apologize, I will. That I even brought this up, but I'm sorry. There's a reason why he's a Philadelphia Eagle. It's because of the incidents that he had during uh, the after his collegiate career was over and done with. If he didn't, he wouldn't be an Eagle. He no. would have been the third pick in the draft, then a fourth pick in the draft, and a fifth. He would not have fallen down to a spot where the Eagles could trade to number nine and got him. So to just pretend that he's just another one of the rookies is short-sighted. That, uh, that, that's just not the fact, Jack. There's a reason why he's an Eagle, because he had some issues. Now, hopefully nothing rears its ugly head. Hopefully the kid is uh, seeing that he probably cost himself – hundreds of thousands of dollars by where he fell down in the draft that he doesn't want to make that mistake again. And he learned his lesson and he is getting more mature because he's hanging around with more mature guys in the NFL and former teammates or members of the Philadelphia Eagles. I hope there is no issue whatsoever with Jalen Carter this year, uh, this uh, five week break that they have, but I'm keeping an eye on it. If I'm the Eagles, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm being proactive rather than, reactive waiting till after where well, you got your phone i got my phone i get that call and say oh we got to deal with well that. i mean i don't know what you do i mean you can't i mean the nfl pa will be all over you if you try to i don't know put a private detective on them i mean there's not much you can do you you might check in a little bit more you might make a phone call that's what uh, i'm referring every, to. every every bit uh, a little bit more frequency than some other players um there's not much more you can do. I mean, uh, there really isn't. 
You're not permitted to hire a babysitter or do anything of that nature. So, um, you know, it's, and that's one of the things I've kind of argued with the NFLPA over the years. I mean, the, the structure is more valuable than they make it out to be. So I get, you don't, it's, it's a, it's a fine line because if you allow teams to have players in the facility, they'll, they'll push it. You know, most teams will push it. Maybe not the Eagles, but most teams will push it and they'll start requesting more and more of the players. So I get it from their perspective, but I don't think they value the structure part of it. The fact that, you know, I'm not, you know, I went to Catholic school. I'm not very religious, but there was always one sort of proverb, whatever it's called. Idle hands are, are the devil's, devil's workshop. Work, sure. That's that's what always stuck with me, not because I'm a religious person, but it just makes sense. When you have nothing to do, you te- there are more opportunities to go, oh, I'm going to go do something that I probably shouldn't do. I may, It might even be just, going out to the bar, doing whatever, and then something happens. You have a few too many drinks, whatever. Uh, if you got something to do, it's less likely you're going to get in trouble. And I, I always thought the NFL PA didn't value the structure part of it as much as they should. Uh, and each team has its own individual structure and how much they're going to keep an eye on players during this downtime. This is the longest downtime of the entire year. Uh, here's a possibility. Could you say, what are you going to do, Jordan? You can't uh, have a private eye following him around. I get that. Um, does Dom D'Alessandro go to any of his Georgia teammates, specifically the two guys who were here last year as rookies and went through it all? Uh, either a Jordan Davis or a Nicobe Dean and say, hey, do me a favor. Make sure you're calling your ex-teammate. Just check in with him. See what he's doing. Uh, see if you can get him back here a week earlier or whatever. Do do you lean on the teammates, uh, be they veteran guys like a Fletcher Cox uh, or a former teammate from Georgia, to just keep more of an eye on them than you w- normally would. Make a make a couple more calls than you do if you're Dom DeSandro or Nick Sirianni. Either one of them, do you go to those players already on the team with the Eagle culture already uh, ingrained in them and go, yeah, do us a favor. You stay in touch with Jalen. Yeah, I, you know, Jordan Davis, sorry. By the way, I don't want to get beat up by Dom. It's Dom DeSandro, so Dom will beat me. Beat me up if I don't get his name. Sorry about that. Um, it's all right. It's a big dude. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Jordan Davis already talked about that. Jordan, you know, one of the, I think one of the things really that fans overlook a lot when it comes to rookie players in the NFL specifically is just the upheaval of their lives. Remember, most of them are 21, 22. Most of them are moving away from what they know to a new city. You know, sometimes you get drafted by your hometown team or whatever, but rarely. And in the case of somebody like like Chandler Carter, you're going, you know, to Philadelphia for the first time. So what do you, you got to find a place to live. You're in a hotel. You know, Jordan Davis was talking about all this last week. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been through it. Um, you don't know where to go. It, as simple as 
you know, buying groceries. Where do you go? Where are you going to live? You're going to live in, 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 in South Philly. You're going to live uh, close to the facility. You're going to live in South Jersey. You, you know, if you have the means as a first round pick, you might want to upgrade to the suburbs, whatever. You got to find a place to live. You got to do all this stuff as a very young person. Um, and he's already said, not only with um, 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 Jalen Carter, but also uh, uh, Kelly Ringo and, and Nolan Smith, he's been through what they're going through now. And he says, you know, if it's just, hey, get them out of the apartment, uh, get them out of the hotel room it is now, um, go get something to eat, uh, you know, make sure they're not staring at the same four walls. So he, he's already very cognizant of it. And yeah, Dom's a big part of, you know, and that's everybody, not just Jalen Carter. But yeah, it's more, I would imagine they're, they have more of a beat on Jalen Carter than others. Um, and they have to, and they should. Hopefully five weeks from now when John is leaving early to go over to the first practice, summer practice, uh, that we've got nothing but, hey, can't wait to see Jalen Carter out there on the field in pads for the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, uh, Johnny Mack, I think Jeff Knox brought this up, um, worried about uh, the overall back seven on the defense. Certainly that includes linebackers. Christian Ellis has made some nice plays here in the limited workouts that the Eagles have had, but he's opened some people eyes. We shall see safety position over the practices. And again, limited as they were against uh, that you guys were allowed to see. Most people expect Reed Blankenship to step in as a starter. Eagles lose both of their starting safeties via free agency. Blankenship filled in last year when CJGJ went down with injury. Um, just a foregone conclusion. Edmonds came in from Pittsburgh. Uh, you and I talked about it at the time. Not a fit in what we think of as the quote-unquote Fangio defense, but a guy who's been a starter on a pretty good defense the last several years they draft Sidney Brown in the third round. You still have uh, some leftover guys who are here who haven't made their way into the rotation at starting safety. With five weeks down before they come back and the need to hit the ground running, how do you look at the safety room right now for the Philadelphia Eagles? Um, I, I think the interesting part is going to be where is Sidney Brown and how, how he fits in. Uh, Kenny Via starter as a rookie, I think so. Um but we'll see. I mean, he was still on the third team yesterday, so we're talking about 100 minutes uh, in the spring. But uh, they've started him out slowly. He was behind. Uh, forget about Reed and Terrell. They were the starters. But uh, Justin Evans and, and Kayvon Wallace were the second team. And then Sidney's on the third team with Tristan uh, McCullum. Um, so they're starting him out slowly. Uh, I still think he's got an opportunity to push. And if he's going to push somebody, I think he's going to push Reed. I don't think, I think Terrell Edmonds is going to be a starting safety on this team. He looked very impressive again. <laughs> it's very small sample size. And yeah, there's no changes. He's playing post safety. They're playing the same scheme. It's not like they're putting him in the box and taking advantage of what he did in Pittsburgh. But he's very athletic. The reason he was a first-round pick <clears throat> is because he's, he's tremendously athletic. Um, most people thought he got overdrafted. Um, 
but because of that skill set. So he can run. And and who knows, Jody? Maybe the Eagles were ahead of the curve and maybe Pittsburgh was using him incorrectly. Who knows? I'm not saying that's the case. Um, but he's really athletic. He made a nice play on a deep throw to uh, Alameda Zacchaeus down the field, broke it up. A lot of range, and he's supposed to be a box safety, but he can run. Um, so, you know, I I think when I started this 100 minutes, I, I thought, you know, Sidney Brown's probably going to be a starter. I'm not so sure now. I think there's a little bit more of a luxury that if he doesn't hit the ground running, because it's difficult. I mean, it's difficult for first-round guys. Think about Terrell Edmonds, right? He was the 28th pick in the draft or somewhere around there. Um, Sidney Brown is a 66th player in the draft. All right, He's got potential, but typically those guys don't step in and become stars right away. I think there is a little bit of at least luxury now to where they can take things. They don't have to push things, um, maybe. And and that's a good thing. And I remember when Edmund signed, because unlike watching every snap of every Eagle game, I don't watch every snap of every Steeler game. But I, he's been in the league long enough that I saw him play, and I said, wow, that's a good signing by the Eagles. He's a nice player. And you said the next day, yeah, he is, Joe, but I don't know if he fits the Fangio system. And you're right to say that because his strength is tackling and coming up and making plays uh, close to the line of scrimmage. So I understood your commentary. Here's the only thing that scared me about Edmonds. And tell me if I'm overstating this or not. Um, I have certain respect for certain teams around the league, sometimes even more respect for one side of the ball than the other. I think the Steelers have been a damn good defense the last, well, shoot, the last 25 years. I have a lot of fun. And, yeah, some up, some down, but many more up than down. And they basically let them walk away. Uh, the Eagles weren't like they, they outbid the Steelers for Terrell Edmonds. They got him for a very reasonable number for a guy who you're plugging as a potential starter. And I wondered, why was Pittsburgh so ready readily uh, uh, capable of letting him walk away. That was the only thing that scared me because I liked him as a player. I liked the salary that the Eagles got him at. They certainly had a need at the position. So I was like, that's a thumbs up transaction. Powery Roseman. The only thing that didn't jive for me was why is Pittsburgh just letting him walk out the door the way they are? Uh, what do you think it was? Yeah, I'm with you because um I'm with you. I mean, they're one of the best organizations. They typically make good decisions. Right. Um, and then the second part is the contract. I mean, let's be honest. It's not just Pittsburgh uh, because there's other teams out there and they're all not willing to give Terrell Edmonds. And I, I remember talking about what he signed that because I didn't understand it. I'm like, I'm with you. I'm like, this guy started 70 games for a good defense and he can't get more than, you know, two and a half million bucks. I'm, I'm what, what he's still relatively young. Yep. Um, he hasn't had a, a, an injury history. He's 26 years old. He came in. I mentioned the athleticism. He runs a four, four, seven at, at 220 pounds. He 
He's got a vertical leap over 41 inches. I mean, he's a phenomenal athlete. What the hell's there's a disconnect. I don't know. I, I imagine I'm going to see it at some point. Here's the positive, though. And this, I was thinking about this. Pittsburgh has one of the best safeties in football. And they play Minka Fitzpatrick. And they, and they pay play more of a traditional defensive system where it's free safety, strong safety. So Minka's... If he's not the best free safety in football, if he's not the best center fielder, he's in the conversation. Um, So you got to play the other position because you're not better than Minka, and that's not an insult. Uh, You know, maybe Derwin James could say, all right, um, I might be in the conversation. Um, That's about it. So he had to play the other position, and maybe he can play more of the post safety. But the contract is what, disturbs me yeah. because it's not only Pittsburgh. Everybody else had a shot at it. You know, you're not going to give this guy two years and 10 million. You know, you don't have to break the bank. So that, that part scares me a little bit. And all I've seen is a hundred minutes and those a hundred minutes showed he's looked pretty good. Look pretty good. Um, that's, man. that's good news uh, for Eagle fan, because that is a position that you need to keep your eye on. Major changes. Your two starting safeties walk out the door, and you got to replace both of them. Which, if you're moving a guy like Blankenship up from depth, well, now you got to replace your depth as well. Um, yeah, only a hundred minutes, but if they look good, that's good news for the Eagle fans. All right, we'll talk safety. We'll talk linebacker. We'll talk quarterback. We'll talk coach. We'll talk it all with Andrew Ducheco from InsideTheBirds.com. He's scheduled to join us next here on Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk Champion? 
Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, got fake them Mama, go up, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Being with us here, streaming in on a football Friday for you, 292 people right now. Hit the like button. Go ahead. Come on. McMullen needs it. He wants it. He That's has to true. have it. We got to get our, uh, our our likes up there. So, uh, yeah, do us a favor. We don't ask for much. Um, hit us up on the like button before you get out of here. All right. For our next guest, before we get into any eagle thing, we're going to talk about Andrew Jacheco from InsideTheBirds.com. You are way too young to be wearing that T-shirt. What the hell do you know about CBGBs? I'm an old soul and a historian, yeah, Jody. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew's a, a big music guy, history, man. Yeah. He knows. He knows. He knows it all. I man. believe he knows. I was in CBGBs before they go. started that. And I'm sure you have plenty of stories about that for another time. <laughs> Couple, but I was uh, surprised and appreciative of the T-shirt you got on today. All right, uh, back to the birds. Uh, John was down there, you were down there, all the guys were down there for the limited look that you got for the Philadelphia Eagles in these, count them, six OTA practices. You think they got done what they needed to get done? Well, from what I've gathered, I mean, the Eagles are always a very progressive-minded team, and John can speak to this. I think that they get a lot done outside of outside like in the classroom setting and they're very meticulous in the details and the why behind what they're doing and I think that they really do believe that they're getting enough work done out, off the field to really it's, it's they, they kind of render it sort of uh not really meaning a whole lot as far as OTAs go yeah I agree with that Andrew but then you see somebody like Christian Ellis make a play and then it mm -hmm. becomes oh, all right you know this guy could be something um now, on the one hand for the most part I agree with your description there the progressive nature the classroom stuff I just brought up you know our buddy Mike Garapolo says we don't play football in the spring they don't play football there's no team drills there's no pads there's no nothing it's not real football but then again, you see somebody make a splash and say, uh, especially at a position of need, mm -hmm. should I write that off and say, eh, it doesn't mean that much? Uh, where's that sort of line? Yeah, I, I think to I think to piggyback off of that, I, I think minicamp is meaningful for players who really need to announce their presence and develop an early rapport with the coaching staff, like a Christian Ellis, like so many of these undrafted free agents, like a Makai Garner who had an interception yesterday. I think it's really important for them to get off to the right on the right foot and really make a, a name for themselves. So hopefully that translates into increased reps in the summer when it really does matter. All right, crystal ball look. Um, 
for the Eagles once the games start to count and the season gets underway. A lot has been made of the Eagles' addition of uh, Swift in the backfield and his ability to catch the ball uh, out of the backfield, be it however he's lined up. Don't think it's going to be in the slot much, but every once in a while, maybe, who knows? And Kenny Gainwell's another guy who's very good at catching the ball out of the backfield. Didn't do a lot of it last year. DeAndre Swift being added, does that add to the mix? John and I are both of the opinion that it's nice to talk about, but in reality, when push comes to shove, Jalen's going to take off and run the ball rather than dump it down to one of the backs. But there's been enough talk about it, and you got Swift, and he's real good at it. Are the Eagles going to use passing out of the backfield more this year than they did last year? Well, when you have a weapon like a DeAndre Swift, Jody, it would be malpractice not to utilize him in the passing game, but that remains to be seen. Now, the one thing I will say about that is Brian Johnson now is the OC, so you may see some different implementations as far as how he utilizes the running backs. They have a number of running backs, and they all do something particularly well, so I think that while you also want to protect your quarterback, I don't know that you want Jalen Hurts running as much as he did. Um, I think you want to protect your investment, but you do have somebody that can be a game-changing weapon in the receiving game in Swift. So I think you're going to see him utilized in that manner this season more than we have with Miles Sanders in past years. Now, I will say this, and Jody's right, because typically I say it's not as important uh, to have a pass-catching back uh, with Jalen Hurts as it is for maybe some other quarterbacks. Um, now, I did notice, I look for sort of themes or little things that are interesting to me in our 100 minutes, which is what we got, Andrew, looking at this team in the spring. One thing I did notice, um, it, it, a lot of empty sets, which is not abnormal. The Eagles run a lot of empty to begin with. My favorite play, and I say this facetiously, the bubble screen. Can't stand it, by the way. But not- <laughs> I know you can't. <laughs> They run a lot of bubble screens. They were running them to Swift and Gainwell. Now, I think that makes sense more than throwing it out to Quez Watkins or somebody hoping they break a tackle. So that, I thought, yeah, that's interesting. Maybe that's how they get DeAndre Swift involved in the passing game. Instead of those awful, awful, awful repetitive bubble screens to the receivers where maybe one out of 10 breaks let's get it to the running back. who has got a better chance to break something. Yeah. That's a waste. That was a wasted play to, to Quez. I think the only receiver that's going to break any tackles is AJ, but <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Uh, John, I think that you're definitely going to see that implemented into the offense. It might be a new wrinkle, but I mean, I don't know that it's going to be any big surprise. You have somebody that, that he, he is, he's compactly built, DeAndre Swift, and he's going to be able to break some tackles and create yards after the catch and put the offense in better down and distance. So, I, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense, and, and it's, it sounds simple, but I think that uh, you're seeing it now in the spring. We need to see that translate in, you know, in the preseason and the regular season. But I, I think that that would be something that would be a staple in the offense, given the personnel. All right, uh, again, we're looking down the road because we can. we got five weeks of not much to talk about as far as actual on-field activity goes. So we're yeah, going to start to speculate about what this 53-man roster is going to look like, what we're going to need to see in camp with certain positional battles to decide who's going to win and who's not. Tight end. We know they got a stud starter in Dallas Goddard. Jack Stowe is an outstanding blocker. 
two-part question. Number one, is Stoll's position a given because A's been here and B's that good a blocker and the Eagles like to run 12 uh, enough that you want a guy in there who can uh, do his job blocking? And if Stoll is a given as number two, what decides number three between Arnold and Calcaterra and maybe even a Tyree Jackson? I like these questions. So somebody like Jack Stoll, Jody, is always going to have to scratch and claw to make the roster every summer. Okay. But I think given his skill set as being the team's best blocker at the position, more than more often than not, is going to solidify his spot. Because beyond him, you have Dan Arnold, who is not known for his blocking whatsoever, and you have Grant Calcaterra. So they're kind of the same type of player. So I think that the Eagles will be more inclined to give the nod to a player whom they drafted and invested time in rather than a, a veteran journeyman who I think has been on six different teams. So I, I think right now Grant Calcaterra would have the, uh, the edge over Dan Arnold, and I think Jack Stoll would be etched into that number two role if I had to guess right now. By the way, Dan Arnold, another great catch yesterday, Andrew. Ugh. I mean, that guy, that guy can catch the football, mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he can block you or me. So I, <laughs> I don't know how it fits in, but it is weird how good he is as a receiver and he, he keeps bouncing around. So uh, there's some issues. That's going to be an interesting position uh, to look at in, in the summer. Can we officially close the book on Tyree Jackson at tight end? Uh, is that, uh, I, I have, I have at least, you know, they've given him a number of opportunities. Unfortunately, health hasn't been on his side, but you have three guys already there that are comfortably in front of him. I don't know that you're in the position right now to carry four, given, you know, the, the amount of talent on the roster. He might be a practice squad guy that you can continue to nurture and maybe something happens. But I think right now, based on what you've seen, granted it has been a limited sample size. I don't know that you can afford a roster spot on somebody like Tyree Jackson at this stage. All right, yesterday the coach chose to prop up Quez Watkins rather than question. Yeah, man. Let's prop up Quez. Some guys need – how many times have we said this uh, doing sports talk on Legion? Some guys need a pat on the back and some guys need a kick in the ass. Apparently the coach thinks Quez is the kind of guy who needs a pat on the back. Um, yeah, I've been one of those who questioned Quez and his status as a number three here in Philadelphia. Um, but if the coach is going to go out of his way right before the summertime break to uh, specifically note Quez Watkins is ready to show all you doubters that he's ready for the upcoming season, did the coach move your needle at all yesterday on Quez Watkins, Andrew? Not really. I mean, Nick Sirianni's never shied away from – being effusive in his praise for Quez Watkins. I mean, at one point he called him that he that he had the potential of being the best number two that he's ever coached. <laughs> so, I mean, if you're taking that at face, you know, if you're taking oh. that at face value. But you know what? Jerry, you made me I, laugh, Andrew. You I, made I me laugh. A, I think he's a player that they obviously like. I think he's a, a confident kid. I think he's somebody that is very coachable, which Nick Sirianni is a hands-on coach and very meticulous in the detail aspect of the position. So I think that there's certain elements to Quez's game that he probably likes and gravitates towards. I don't know that he needs a, a ton of, you know, a, a hugging and, you know, nurturing moving into the off, moving into the, you know, the last, the latter stages of the off season. But um, look, there's going to be a competition here, a realistic one for the number three <laughs> spot. And Quez has said all the right things at locker room clean out that he vows to improve on his shortcomings and use, use it as motivational fuel to move forward. 
And again, if you're taking <laughs> what he's saying at face value, you should see an improved Quez Watkins more uh, akin to what you saw from the 2021 season. But uh, he's going to be his job. is He's not going uncontested. Zacchaeus is coming for him. And um, and I think that's going to be one of the prominent camp battles to watch. Um, you know, here's my biggest concern at wide receiver. It, it, it's not I think you can cobble things together with with Quez and Alameda, Andrew. Um, whether three, four, you kind of piecemeal it, uh, you know, maybe uh, Zacchaeus takes some of the slot work away from Quez. He's not as good in the slot. Maybe you play Quez in a more natural position. You know, the drop-off from those two down to the developmental guys, I, that that concerns me. you got a better prospects than – I mean, Devin Allen's in Paris running track. Um, and he's 28. <laughs> yeah, and he's 28. So all of that talk about him – dedicating himself to football hasn't manifested himself and then you're talking about Brayton Covey who I love personally but I mean he's a slot guy he's very limited Greg Ward's a slot guy very limited Charleston Rambo I don't know he's a good college player Tyree Cleveland Joseph Nada Jaden Hazelwood who's been hurt I don't see a lot of splash in the developmental aspect I, I yeah it, it's not like you expect DeAndre Hopkins down at the bottom end of the roster, but you you like somebody who said if 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 they you know if lightning strikes and they get an opportunity they can turn in you know back in rookie camp. Nick said, "Don't miss Adam Thielen." They don't have an Adam Thielen. They're not missing Adam Thielen. Uh, they don't have anybody who can explode on this 90 man roster that that concerns me a little bit you should be able especially a wide receiver you should be able to have a more of an upside guy is i guess what i'm saying yeah that's sneakily one of their biggest shortcomings on the roster that's pretty loaded right now i mean uh if if something were to happen to Devonte or aj or if they need a blow who can step in there and provide playable snaps Quez hasn't proved that he can do it consistently. He would be the next in line to do that. He's more equipped to play on the outside than the slot. But beyond that, you have two five eight receivers and Zacchaeus and Britton Covey. I think Joe Nott is a good candidate for the practice squad. I think he's going to be the, the, the training camp darling. A sleeper that I would keep an eye on if you're looking at the receivers that are currently on, on the training camp roster would be Tyree Cleveland. He's played in 23 games, over 300 special team snaps, made the Broncos team outright. He runs a 4-4, and he played with Brian Johnson at Florida. So, But none of those names are, are anything that you want to count on moving forward. And an Adam Thielen would have been perfect on this team that's you know vying for a you know, Super Bowl championship. But I think that you're going to have to look in the free agent market right now to bring in a, a veteran that, that has played on the outside because right now it is extremely dire. They don't have anybody that can step in there that you can rely on. So it, it is a glaring hole. All right, Andrew, know the answer to this question would be if you put it to the parties that you'd be asking, oh, well, it'll be a collaborative decision. And I'm sure it will be, but I'm going to ask you to say who's at the top of that collaborative chain. Starting right guard for the Philadelphia Eagles this year could be Kim Jurgens, who is also the backup center, but if they like what they see, there could be Tyler Steen, who they took in the draft, who's a natural tackle, but they were planning on moving him to guard. Could be Driscoll. I think the reason it won't be Driscoll is because 
he's the easiest plug and play at either tackle position, mm -hmm. and they kind of need him there, which kind of sucks for him. Yeah, you're too good at another position, so we're not going to start you. We're just going to keep you around as a safety net. But, hey, he might just uh, play his way into it, and they're going to have to say, sorry, we, we need to win games. He's our best option. We're going with it. Uh, those are the guys who are they're going to decide. Who's going to decide? If there's one who's at the top of the list, is uh -huh. it Nick Sirianni? Is it Howie Roseman? Is it the Stoutland University's chancellor? Or is it Lane Johnson? Or is it the Mr. Wow. Kelsey at center? Whose <laughs> vote carries the most weight on who's going to be the starting guard for the Philadelphia Eagles? Well, I'm going to cop out and do a collab. It's going to be a collaborative, collaborative effort. effort. Not but, I, but, 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 but we acknowledge but, that. But who's, but I, who's but vote has, say, who has I, the most gravitas? I will say that Jeff Stoutland, his voice reigns supreme there. It's it, his input is not, can't be understated. And I think you're going to get it. <laughs> he's going to give feedback directly to Howie and Nick Sirianni as far as what he's seeing, as far as who he believes is NFL ready. I think it's going to be Cam Jurgens. I, I think his weight and his size is, is a little bit. I think that's much, much, you know, ado about nothing. Uh, I think he's ready to go. I think Tower Steen asking somebody who's never played the position to get it together <laughs> in a few months is, is awfully ambitious. So I think that you're going to see Stoutland funnel all the information that he can to the decision makers <clears throat> and Nick Sirianni and Howie. And I think that Cam Jurgens probably will be the, will be the guy. Yeah. Jody knows I'd like to leave the door open a little bit. So I usually give like, two percent uh three percent even when there's obvious i'm gonna go a hundred percent jeff stoutland is gonna decide who the the right guard is a hundred percent maybe 110 a number that doesn't exist hmm. um yeah nobody's uh trying to usurp what jeff stoutland once done on that offensive line and deservedly so i mean the, the eagles know what they have in in stout but I'm glad Jody brought that up for this reason. I should have brought this up earlier because it was one of the interesting things I noticed. We all know what the Eagles do with maintenance days, and they did it yesterday. Bunch of veterans out. We all know Jason Kelsey's one of those veterans. He's going to get a ton of maintenance days in camp. Um, what do you do on those days? Do you kick Cam Jurgens back in the center? Oh, or do you keep question. him at right guard? to get them all the reps possible to get them ready for week one. Well, yesterday, it's one day in the spring, but they kept they kicked them back in the center. Um, and it was only individual work because they don't do team drills. So say, what would they kick them into center for? They don't use it. Individual drills, work. Do they? And yeah, they do in individuals. Oh, so individual. he was playing okay. center and Tyler Steen was playing with the first team at right guard. I thought that was interesting because it's going to happen a lot in the summer. So how how would you take that, Andrew? Is that, well, Cam is, is ready to go. We don't have to worry about it. Or they're hedging. How, uh, uh, with, oh, with well, from the sound, I mean, by that lot, I think they are hedging. And I think that Tyler Steen will be the biggest beneficiary. He's never played the position before. He's a rookie. He always has, you know, he has to, you know, it's just crunch time for him to really make an impression. And he's going to get a lot more reps because let's face it, you, you and I both know that Kelsey's not going to be out there on the field very often this summer. There's going to be a lot of days where you're going to see Cam Jurgens at center. But 
they don't have a backup center. It would be Cam Jurgens. So that I mean, but they do though. That's my point. They kind of now, in in you know, Brett Toth is the third string center. Um, they have Cameron Tom, and remember, this is practice, so it's not you know, they can plug those guys in, and they have plugged Brett Toth in, and keep Cam at right guard if they feel he needs the reps to get ready at right guard to be um, the starter week one, I just thought it was really interesting. No, they moved Cam back in there uh, and let Tyler Steen take the first team reps, but I don't know why it's interesting. I don't know. If it's, no, it if is it's, because because they're kind of, they're going into it with an even playing field. It's, it seems going into the summer, and he has the size and everything else. So a lot of you know fans and everything want to put him, plug him in the right. But guard. see, I think it could be both ways. I think it could be they're so confident in Camp Jurgens, they don't care. He can play center. He can play guard. He can do whatever we want, or the opposite. And I see both of you guys are, I guess, leaning towards the opposite, which is yeah, it's going to be a legit competition. I'm starting to feel. No, Cam's the guy, and they're so entrenched with Cam. They don't based care. on based. I'm playing devil's advocate here, John. Based on what great body of work Cam Jerkins has shown playing right guard. Oh, obviously he hasn't played. Um, but Jeff Stoutland has had him for a year, and we all know, um, as I just mentioned, um, he just got Tyler Steen, and. You know, he was telling us about Isaac Sal. I remember asking Jeff Stoutland, and I'll tell you this story, because Jeff looked at me like I had seven heads. It was the time that Isaac Samala was struggling, and I broached the conversation that, is Isaac going to be here? And he looked at me like I was insane, uh, because he loved Isaac Samala so much. But this was long, but this is when he's getting benched for Stefan Wisniewski. This yeah. is when he was struggling. And he was like, what are you talking about? Um, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes work going on. And the fact that he's putting more on his plate, I think, is a positive sign for Cam Jurgens, and, and he's putting more on his plate. If he thought he needed work at right guard, He'd keep him at right guard, but I think it's a positive. So maybe I'm wrong, but I wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. I mean, he's been in the system for a year as well. So Jeff Stoughton's got to see what he's really good at, what he's improved upon, how he is in the classroom. You get to hear what Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson, you get to hear their input. They're going to be playing, you know, they're, he's going to be sandwiched in between those guys. So uh, I, I think that there's a lot more that goes on behind the scenes. I agree. And, man, this is going to get me in trouble anytime you even question Jason Kelsey with anything. Uh, at one point, Jason Kelsey did call Sue Opetta the Tesla stock of offensive line. <laughs> Jason kind of loves everybody. So I take everything that Jason says with a grain of salt. He's just a positive guy who wants to lift up all his teammates. More power to him. Um, I Here's off that positional uh, battle that they're having at right guard. That's the only change on the offense. The Eagles come back en masse on offense, except for Isaac St. Miles' departure for Pittsburgh. Well, running back. Throw running back in. Oh, uh, Miles. Right. Miles Miles out, too. Um, But they do have returning guys who were part of the rotation last year. But thank you for that, John. Um, 
not main changes on offense. Defense, a whole bunch of them. Hargrave, two linebackers, two safeties. Yeah, they're, they're going to have to make some significant changes on defense. Knowing that, knowing one coordinator only has to figure out how to get the most out of a couple of positions, and, oh, yeah, they're going to have helping hands in making those decisions, but then he's got to call plays around it, much more so on the defensive side of the ball. Who's got more pressure on him coming into the year? The new OC or the new DC? Well, the DC always is under the microscope here in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. But I'm I'm gonna but you know I'm gonna say Sean Desai, given the you know the continuity, you know, you have all these different components that you have to mesh and come together in only a matter of months. And when you're looking at the linebacker position, which is per- perpetually scrutinized here in Philadelphia. The safety position, you could say the same for that. And you have a uh, defensive tackle position where, you you know, you have Jordan Davis in his second season. You need to see what you're going to get out of him. And you have Jalen Carter. And uh, I just think there's a lot more questions on the defensive side of the ball. And he's coming in with only one year of being the true defensive coordinator with, with the Bears in 2021. So well, I think one, Sean, that's one more than Coach Johnson has on the NFL level. Yeah, but he has he has a, a plethora of, of weaponry to work with. Uh, so I, I think that his – he, his job's a lot less uh, going to be a lot less uh, critical or you know daunting, I should say, than than Sean Desai. Um, last from last one for me at Andrew DeCecco. Make sure you follow Andrew on Twitter. Uh, does a tremendous job at Inside the Birds with our buddies Jeff Mosher and Adam Kaplan. Uh, listen to their great podcast. Visit the site InsideTheBirds.com. Um, I, it, we'll keep it on the defensive side of the ball. There's so many question marks, as you mentioned, with those five starting positions. Um, I think everybody has confidence in the talent Jalen Carter has. Um, we're worried about the safeties. Jody and I were talking about Terrell Edmonds and Marie Blankenship. How quickly can Cindy Brown push um, linebackers? Most people think they need an upgrade uh, from Nick Morrow, who the Eagles gave zero uh, uh, guaranteed, guaranteed money to. So it's not like they've declared their intentions there. Um, but we all kind of, you know, skip over Nicobe Dean. Well, Nicobe will be fine. Nicobe will be fine. For the most part, I agree with that. I'm going to get in trouble. Jody was getting in trouble. How, <laughs> it, are we just assuming the Kobe Dean is going to be, are there going to be hiccups? Is it that shut and dry that he's going to be fine after 34 snaps as a rookie at being the three down linebacker, the green dot who's out there for, I think TJ Edwards played 1200 snaps last Mm -hmm. year. He's out there for 1200 snaps. Are we overlooking and just saying because of these other issues, we, we can't worry about Nicobe Dean? Oh, I think that's getting largely overlooked, John. The fact that they're putting uh, they're putting an inordinate amount of pressure on a 22-year-old who's played 34 defensive snaps last season. He's being asked to inherit the responsibility of wearing the green dot, which TJ Edwards wore last year. And he doesn't have a whole lot of talent at the position around him to and to keep him clean i mean he's it's also he's also you have to worry about his size getting through a full 17 game slate 
Uh, if he's not being able to be kept clean, you wonder how he's going to be able to reg- defend the run with regularity. Um, that said, he's a, he has a prestigious pedigree. He's one of the smartest players that I've seen on film when I was scouting through the pre-draft process and all those good things, but doing it at the professional level is an entirely different situation. So going into the season with, with such an unknown commodity as being your, your number one at your position, the face of it, I think, that's, uh, I think that definitely deserves some, uh, some closer look, some, some closer uh, investigation. Shame on both you guys. The 34 <laughs> snaps that Nakobe Dean played last year were some of the greatest linebacker snaps ever played in the history of the NFL. <laughs> and by the way, add the 22 that Christian Ellis played because he was even yeah. uh, more productive in those right. percentage-wise. Uh, yeah, percentage-wise. I'm a, I like Christian Ellis. And I've, I've told you this before, John. It's, he's a player that, I mean, I, I've, I've liked – I talked to him after the Titans game. I, I think he has potential. Now, being asked to be the number three, I don't know if he's you – know, I, don't, I, don't I think know he I, might be number two, Andrew, when it's all said and done. I mean, this is the guy he, – he runs it. He ran a 4-5-8 for what yeah, it's worth. He's, he's yeah. very athletic, and he has some good size and brings some physicality and tenacity. So, we'll see what he can do. And and he's got a pedigree. His dad was a great player. His dad sure. was a great. His brother's a great player. What, what round was he drafted in? He was not. He was not drafted. Oh, okay. Well, well, was, was, there, there are two yeah, different was, definitions to the word pedigree. One is your family. The other is how you came into the Well, so, you know. One, he's got some, a great pedigree. The other one, not so great. Andrew knows, because Andrew does a lot of draft work. He was sort of, you know, he's a 231-pound guy who was – some people thought he was an edge rusher. Some people thought he was an off, but they wanted to transition him to off-ball linebacker. It's one of those things. And sometimes those guys fall into the cracks. And, you know, it, 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 that's the case with Christian Ellis. He's very instinctual um, because most of the guys who are, are edge rushers or off-ball, like Kyron Johnson, they're trying to turn it back into an off-ball linebacker. The instincts aren't there. Not going to work. I'm sorry, Kyron. <laughs> I hope he's not listening. Uh, it's not going to work. This kid, the instincts are there. I think it might work. The it Eagles like the Eagles like him. You know, he was one of those guys that was actually a riser going into the 2021 yeah. draft, late riser. I mean, he's, he's athletic. So, I mean – He's going to be one of those guys that will be a, a summer surprise to some, but it won't be for me. I, I kind of, I kind of expect him to take advantage of his increased opportunities. When all is said and done, Patrick Queen will be the other linebacker next to Nicobe <laughs> Dean, and Christian <laughs> Ellis will be getting double his snap. What did he get? Twenty-one last year. Twenty-two I'm predict- snaps. <laughs> I'm predicting forty-four snaps this year for Christian Ellis. <laughs> Uh, which is doubling his workload from the previous season. I well, last better hope you. people stay healthy. Mm. That's another thing. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly he's going right. to be worse, number three. Very you know. true. Uh, Kaiser White and TJ Edwards were out there for every single snap. They did stay healthy. All right, last thing for you, Andrew. Opening day for the San Francisco 49ers. Who's going to be their quarterback? I'm going to say Brock Purdy. Oh, another. Exactly right. Dr. Frank Job and associate. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, UCL. Uh, I don't know. I think it's going to be Sam Darnold. Here's my question real quick. I'll piggyback. I'm sorry, Jody. Should have been like, yeah. if it's Sam Darnold uh, because of injury, that's because he's not ready to go week one. 
Jody brought up in it. I, I'm not going to bring it up, but they have a really easy schedule. Oh yeah, uh, as easy as Eagles, maybe easier. So if they go five and zero with Sam Darnold, are they going to bench Sam Darnold when when Brock Purdy's ready? Are they? This is, this is a down? really interesting hypothetical here. Yeah. I'll, what if I were to tell you that I don't think they would go five and zero with Sam Darnold? I think uh, that, I, if you well, look at their schedule, Andrew, it's going to be tough not to go five and zero. Yeah, I don't know that. I don't know that he can competently navigate that offense. Uh, he's just been. I, I've I've fallen for the banana in the tailpipe too many times with Sam right. Darnold. <laughs> How about Trey Lance? How about Kyle Allen? Because John oh, uh, Kyle uh, Allen. <laughs> John Gruden. And by the way, I'm uh, I know Kyle Shanahan's the coach, but I'm calling him John Gruden. He's just He's just collecting quarterbacks. He's collecting quarterbacks out there. I, I think that that offense is talented enough that you could put somebody there, and I think they could probably win three out of those five. Ooh, uh, all right. All I right. think uh, they can get off. To well, then it's no part, issue. It, then you go right back to Purdy. If, if, Purdy, it, it's on, Purdy only will if you be don't there lose. opening day. If he isn't ready till week three, then he'll be the starter. If he isn't ready to week six, then he'll be the starter. Is they they're just bringing in safety nets. I don't think they actually are looking to replace Brock Purdy. Andrew, great stuff. Always a pleasure, bud. Uh, appreciate a couple of weeks off. Unfortunately, you're not going to CBGBs since it no longer exists. But wherever you're going out to catch some good music, have a good Absolutely. time, brother. Have a great weekend, guys. Thanks. Thank Andrew you, Dicento Andrew. From uh, InsideTheBirds.com. All right, Mac and Mac coming back. You know what we got to do? Put a ball on the show. Put a ball on the week here on Birds 365. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, 
We'll give you another 20% off, and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, Birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name's Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you're having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. We need to put a ball on the show here on Birds 365 the week as well. The next month will be work for McMullen and McDonald because there is no Eagle activity. Who knows? Maybe Howie Roseman will pull a deal. Maybe the Eagles have something up their sleeve as far as roster reconstruction goes. The only way to find out is tune in for with us every single day. Johnny Mack, weekend is upon you. What do you got planned? Um, hey, I'm still working, man. I still got to cobble together these 100 minutes uh, and, and sort of manifest some thoughts, which I, you know, doing this show helps me do that because I forgot about the Camp Jurgen stuff. So I'm glad you reminded me of that. You got uh, there's some interesting stuff. We talked a lot about Christian Ellis, Quez Watkins, um, you know, the trade aspect. I know a lot of fans bring up the trade aspect of that. Are the Eagles talking them up to trade them? Um, and that's why kind of they, they don't have a lot behind them. I mean, you're talking about Quez not being enough behind uh, Devontae and AJ, which I agree with in theory. Well, they don't have a lot behind Quez. I mean, who's stepping in for Quez if you trade Quez? Alamade, well, um, uh, he's, he's a good – I like Alamade at four. I just don't like him at three. That's well, why. yeah, but I think they're – you know, I think that's just a number. As far as Alamade's a slot receiver, like he's 5'8". He's not playing outside. And, and Quez is um, – more of an outside receiver who played inside too much. I think that was part of the problem. I I don't think he's a natural slot receiver. Um, so I think that's why I say you can cobble those two together and be fine and put them in better positions. But once you get past those two, because they're NFL players, you could do better, but they're NFL players. And then you start, uh, then you got some issues after that. Those all those undrafted free agents. They've got plenty of them at the wide receiver position in here. Well, I was going to invite you up to the parks with me today. I know Joe Krause uh, pays you this exorbitant amount to do all your work for Jacob, so you're not really hurting for money. But I was going to offer you to come up to parks and make some money with me because I got winners uh, up my sleeve for the card at Belmont today. And then, of course, Belmont Stakes tomorrow. We'll handicap that, too. So if you want to join me up at parks at noon, I'll be up there. I can't gamble. I don't want to get suspended by the NFL, Joe. You are perfectly allowed to go to the racetrack and gamble. That The, <laughs> the Eagles property does not go all the way up to Ben Salem, Pennsylvania. That is not considered part of the facilities for the Eagles. So you are cordially if, invited. If, if, if you see an Eagle there, make sure you alert the Eagles. Under wraps? Yeah. Or I got to call Dom. Which one do you want me call to Dom. do? Call Dom. Yeah, call, call Dom. Text Dom. I'll we'll take care of that. All right, brother. Have a good weekend. Uh, we're back on Monday. You here? Uh, yeah, let's do it.
John McMullen, Jody McDonald, back Monday here on Birds 365, which is two and two days, that is. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.